Thank you, Joseph. It's good to be here with you this evening. I trust that God will be pleased to bless us with his presence and with his Holy Spirit uh, as we're here together. I just uh, <clears throat> I count it a privilege to be here with you, but I come with a bit of, uh, of uh, trepidation at the same time. I see quite a few faces out there that uh, are looking back at me with recognition, but there's quite a few of you that I don't know, so I'm not sure which is the... Uh, which, which side the advantage should be, <clears throat> be on. We're looking at the subject of the church this week, and it's a subject that's close to my heart. It's a, I, uh, I, uh, thank you, brother. Subject that I think uh, is pertinent to all of us, wherever we are, all of us that are here this evening. And I trust that as we look in these coming five evenings at this topic that God will show us things that will be helpful for us. The church is a special institution. The church is created by God. Jesus was here. He taught much about the kingdom of God. And after Jesus ascended and uh, the Pentecost, the church age began. The church was put in place on the life of in the Old Testament, we had the, uh, the uh, children of God, the, uh, the uh, Israelites, church. <clears throat> the church is an interesting organization, but it's much more than an organization. Jesus said of his church, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What kind of a church are we today? I think that it's fair to say that the church has been under attack in the last months, in the last years, and probably has been ever since its inception around 2,000 years ago. <clears throat> when the world looks at us, do they see life? Do they see love? Do they see Christ at work in the hearts of his people? We are Christ's ambassadors to a dark world around us. Christ's reputation is at stake. <clears throat> Christ, that's abundantly clear. And I hope these studies, look at this subject in these next evenings, can give us a vision to be more plugged in, to be more involved in that organism, that organization. <clears throat> the subject of the church has been something that you pastors have addressed many times. There are some ways that I'm guessing none of the things that I will share this week will be new things. But I think there's things that if we look at them and we, we examine them, there are things that, uh, that uh, an angle here, a twist there, a whatever, that God can help reveal his truth to us today. You know, when Jesus taught, a lot of his teaching was using parables. He, uh, he would tell a story, and this story would have an application that would kind of bring people around, and they could kind of ah, get what he's saying there. And uh, <clears throat> the Bible uses many word pictures to help us grasp truths. Uh, there are metaphors, there are common metaphors that are used to describe the church. And I want to look specifically at five of those in this week. Tonight we want to look at the remarkable body. Tomorrow night, uh, Lord willing, we want to look at the well-built building. Tuesday night, the secure family. Wednesday night, the fruitful garden. And then on uh, Thursday night, the holy bride of Christ. 
You know, I think as we understand Christ's passion for his church, it enables us to partner with him in the living out of that church. So, I'll launch into the subject of this evening. The human body is an incredible machine, okay? But it's much more than just a machine. And I want to have just a bit of interaction with you here. I I enjoy that when I teach. Uh, All of us here tonight have a heart. Got some takers on that one? Good. (laughs) Okay. Your hearts are all beating. Looks like it. I see a little color in the cheeks, and you're, uh, you're responding to me, okay? So your hearts are beating. How many times do you think your heart beats in a day's time, just out of curiosity? Shout it out. 1.3 million. You have a very active heart. Who was that? Okay. <laughs> How many heartbeats in a day? That, that's fine. I, I want your input. Don't, don't let me scare you off that way. <laughs> You have an idea? No, no, that's fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it by it, mentally. How many times a minute does your heart beat? Not quite, but you're not. You're in the ballpark. I mean, you're you're. Okay, seven. Let's say seventy, just for for seventy. How many in an hour? Six. Ah, oh, same as Kansas. Okay. Okay, forty-two hundred. How many hours in a day? 24, where are we at, roughly, round figures? Does that look right? 100,000, can you see it in the back? It's fine. It's time. Between, say, my heart beats back here. Time, if it beats, I would have uh, some of the higher paid professional athletes, That's they get a little bit on the high side of that. <laughs> the uh, Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think is 450, or 45 million a year or something. Anyway, that's totally an aside. But uh, we're talking about a lot of heartbeats in a day's time. Well, we have five senses. What are the five senses? Help me. Touch? Taste? What? Hearing? Okay, yeah. Sight? Okay, one more. Smell? Okay, so no one has COVID. We named them all. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, the, we have five senses, and these five senses keep sending messages to our brain. The human brain weighs like three pounds, a little more than a half a, pack, a, half a sack of sugar. Uh, but there's a lot of things that go on in that brain. There's an awful lot of things that go on in that brain. The brain is what gives direction and responses to the things we encounter. The human mind, which is similar to the brain, and I'm not quite sure how you you, uh, differentiate there, but the human mind has reasoning powers. It responds with emotions to the things around us. The human mind is an incredible creation. Our bodies work together with a lot of precision. There's so many things that are needed to perform a very simple task. I'm standing here in front of you. I'm this chunk of matter, about six feet tall, 
and however big around, and I'm balanced on two little platforms this size. Okay, and I can even balance on one platform that size if I want to, but I can move around on these two platforms and I can stay upright, I can stay vertical. I mean, we're kind of used to that, but it's, it's, it's common. You would be concerned, Caleb, if I was all at once, you know, laying flat. Uh, I don't give that a lot of thought. I can move around and I'm keeping this weight in a vertical orientation. And it's on these two little platforms. Some of you that are handy in your metal shops, I wonder, would it be kind of complicated to make something that weighs what I weigh, the height that I have, the dimensions that I have, that could maintain its balance and always be upright, just as easy as pie? You ought to try making something like that. Well, and then make one that can go just on one, one balancing part on one side that still maintains its balance. There's just a lot of things that work together to perform a simple task. Well, I'm up here. My eyes are looking at you. I have eye contact with different ones of you. I look at my notes. My brain is observing. My brain is making adjustments. And my mind is working, is wanting to communicate to you the things that I'm thinking inside my brain. Okay? So there's a complex series of events. Are you all with me so far? You're following how far we've gone? I mean, you're understanding where I am. Okay, so we're together. So it's working then. My voice box is forming words. You're going to be participating on what's going on inside of here. My lungs are going, opening and closing, and they're shoving air up through those vocal cords. My tongue is moving around. My lips are moving, and there's sound coming out. But that's not the end of the story. I'm expressing myself, but you're still not participating in that. You have these outer ears, these funny-shaped things on the side of your head. Study them in a mirror sometime for a while. <laughs> anyway, uh, and there's, I don't, it's been a while since I had, I don't know, was it seventh grade health class or whatever, but there's an auditory canal that goes through it and hits that uh, eardrum, and then there's the, what is it, the three bones, the hammer, the stirrups, and the hammer, anvil, and, and uh, stirrup. Okay, and then there's a cochlea and an auditory nerve that goes in. Am I am on the right track here? That's close enough? Okay. All of those things, those sound waves are going, choo, 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 choo. what's going on in my mind, I am expressing by this complex set of circumstances, and you're out there and you're able to take part in what's going on inside of my brain. Okay. <clears throat> uh, your brain, then, processes what I'm saying, and I can tell if you're smiling or if you're nodding or if you're looking sad or whatever, that you're interacting with what I'm saying. You are participating on that thought process that's going on here. <clears throat> spontaneously, quickly, accurately. Those young boys that are sitting in that back row, just as quickly as some of you people here on the front row, essentially, with very little effort on your part. It's kind of remarkable, isn't it? Isn't that kind of special? 
But you know, when all this is happening, my heart is beating about 70 times a minute. My blood is circulating. My stomach is working on those sandwiches or maybe on the chipotle from noon yet. And uh, <clears throat> my kidneys are cleaning, my sweaters are sweating, and I'm still communicating with 150 or 200 of you people here this evening. Truly the human mind and the body are incredible creations. It's no wonder that the psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, if, there's, if the body is working properly, there's a tremendous amount of coordination needed. But when the body is working health, is, when the body is healthy, coordination comes naturally. I don't have to think about how am I going to move that foot up in front of the other one that I'm not going to fall over. I don't have to be thinking, now how am I going to get enough air up there through those vocal cords that Nate can understand what I'm saying. It comes naturally. It's beautiful when that body is healthy. We don't give those functions a second thought when they're working well. <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians 12 is probably the landmark passage that talks about the church as a body. And I'm struggling a little bit because I want to get a bit of a framework, but I'm not going to be doing an expositional sermon, just uh, point by point. But that will give us a bit of a framework, and I will be making some references back to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, it, and at the outset, I want to read from verses 12 through 27 in 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> I will read it quickly without a lot of comment. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are, there many, are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness." For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular." I don't, I'm not using a uh, PowerPoint here, but I do want to, to hit about seven or so points, and I will try to rehearse them at the, at the end. Uh, 
The first thing I want to look at as it relates to this is that Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of this body. You can jot down a few references if you want. Ephesians 1, 22 through 23. Ephesians 4, 15. Ephesians 5, 23. Colossians 1, 18. Colossians 2, 19. I'll just read a couple of these. Uh, Ephesians 4, 15. <clears throat> But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Ephesians 5.23, the passage about husbands and wives. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. You know, it's the head in the physical body that gives the direction and the coordination to the rest of the body. It's that, it's that brain in there that gives the coordination. God has given us the ability to respond to those things around us, uh, those things that we see, that we hear, that we touch, that we taste, that we feel. Our bodies face many things. And our brains tell our bodies how they should be responding. <clears throat> okay. If you're sitting close to a fire and your feet start getting hot or maybe you're smelling uh, rubber, you've got tennis shoes on, and it's, you, know, you, uh, you know what? This may be just as good a time as any to pull my feet back a little bit. Uh, you're coming up on a blind intersection. I don't know, maybe you have stop signs on all your intersections here out there in Kansas. We don't have enough traffic to go you know, for stop signs everywhere. Uh, and all at once you see someone else is coming from the other way. And boom, you got to do something. And you're, you, you've seen that with your eye. Your brain gives some instruction. That, that data feeds in there. And that brake, your foot goes over on the brake. And you come shaloming up to the corner. And you get stopped in time, we hope. Uh, you wake up in the night. What's that? I'm smelling smoke. And your house is on fire. You want to get out of there. You want to do something about it because you've got a problem. Your brain alerts you to the danger and you escape the house before you get burned. <clears throat> you know, there's constant messages that are moving from your senses to your brain. Your, your brain returns messages to the body on how to respond to that, that stimuli, to those things that are coming into your brain. Uh, I was talking about some things that are danger, that your, your senses are alerting you to danger. It's not just to bad things that your senses alert you to. Say you've been working hard out on the farm or on your job, and you come in and you open the door, and you, uh, you uh, smell that your wife has been baking. And if your nose is working well, you're quite sure it's chocolate chip cookies. And if there's one weak spot in your heart, it's chocolate chip cookies. And so these messages are coming to your brain. And your brain is giving this message, how are we going to respond about this? You're thinking, you know what? I'm not as expressive as I should be sometimes. So you slip into the kitchen and as she's just pulling that pan out of the oven, honey, I don't tell you as often as I should, but you're a wonderful, wonderful woman. <laughs> And uh, you're a wonderful baker or cook, you know, whatever it is. And if you don't get a cookie out of that, <laughs> I'm not sure what it'll take. <clears throat> so, 
senses, things are coming into our, our, uh, our brain and we're responding. We just keep responding to these things as these things come into us. The messages come in, our head, our brain tells us how to respond. Beautiful picture of how it is in the church. The church is facing a lot of things. We gather this data, we take it to the head, to our head. And uh, God has ways, things and ways that we should be responding to good things, to bad things, to build up the brethren, to admonish, to correct, whatever. You know, some people have handed the community. Brains were not churches. Ed, I don't know for sure why it is, but we tend, when we see a handicapped person, to be focusing on the handicap as we look. I'm not as apt to say, my, what a nice dress that person has or whatever the situation is. We tend to kind of focus on the handicap. And I don't know. I've wondered if that's maybe a little bit how it looks when the world looks in on our churches and they can see the handicaps there. They can see the short circuits. They can see the problems. There's something going on at Weavertown, and I don't know what in the world it is. Uh, and it may not be that they're saying, my, they have such good sermons there. There's just such wonderful people there. There's whatever. I don't know why that is or what the situation is. But it seems to me that's how it can be. You know, disunity in a physical body is easy for us to identify and to look at. And, and I trust that as mature Christians, we can look with empathy and with love and with, with whatever. Uh, <clears throat> but um, those handicaps in the church are often more visible to the world around us, I think, than we realize that we understand. Christ is supposed to be the head of the church. Our mind is a control center for all the rest of the body. He is the one who need, needs to give direction and control to the rest of the church. <clears throat> the next point, the church is made up of many members. There are highly visible offices in the church, and there are many offices that seem nearly invisible. There's visible parts of our body. There's parts that we identify. That's so-and-so I can tell because I'm looking at his face and I know who he is or who she is. We have identifying characteristics, and it's interesting. Even our voices, uh, I might be speaking to a business associate in Wichita and not identify myself and well hello Lowell how are you doing or whatever someone that I may talk to just once a month or something but we have our identifying characteristics <clears throat> well there are many visible offices in the church and there are many offices that seem nearly invisible it's the coordination of these offices that make the church body function well you have a sizable congregation as we do at home there's quite a bit of coordination that's needed just to make a pull off a church service, right? I don't know who this morning was setting up the chairs over in the gym, but I'm assuming there were some ushers there getting that stuff ready. Excuse me, the sound men, the people that needed to get everything together. And we're talking just about kind of the physical nuts and bolts of it. Uh, then uh, Calvin needed to uh, prepare his devotional, and Jordan, the preparing for the songs and uh, 
Joseph for the message and you that were teaching your Sunday school lesson, lessons, there was a lot of different pieces that needed to come together to make that happen. Just this evening, there's quite a few pieces that came together. You needed to make a conscious decision that you're not going to stay at home, but you're going to come tonight. <laughs> Who knows what people would think if I didn't. And, uh, and be a part of, of this uh, Weaver Towns 2021 Adult Bible School. <clears throat> you know, in the physical world, some people has, have given, uh, God has given some people particular uh, uh, strengths, or, or uh, some people have a very keen sense of smell. Some people are what they call super tasters. I don't know if you can uh, smell the oatmeal that's cooked and say, no, it doesn't have salt in it yet, you need to put some in. Uh, but there's different things. Different people are particularly sharp on certain, certain different, uh, different aspects of it. <clears throat> Someone may have a really good eyesight. I used to have really good eyes. I had almost 20-20 eyes. I was at the doctor just last week and... Uh, the prescription, my left eye needs to go up a little bit. The right eye is still probably going to be all right. But, uh, <clears throat> and then often a person who is lacking in one of these five senses, a, uh, a deaf person may have extremely sharp eyesight, or a person who is blind might be able to listen. And he says, okay, I can hear that uh, Lowell's coming down the road now that, you know, his left hubcap is squeaking a little or whatever the situation is. <clears throat> a deaf person may learn to read with his lips and so he can hear with his eyes. A person who is particularly sensitive in a certain area can be a real blessing to have around in the body of Christ. Some people, we talk about the giftings, I'm not even sure in this week's study if we'll get into, we will get into some of that I think one evening but uh, <clears throat> people may have particularly keen perceptions on some areas. I just don't feel right in my spirit about what that brother is saying. Or there's something that doesn't ring right with that musician. I just, that does not feel like that person is, is honoring God. We had an experience like that in... Uh, I won't go into the story. Another country, another place, another time. <clears throat> another person may have an intense interest in people who are hurting in the body. Perhaps his own deep pain in the past makes him especially sensitive to those hurting people around him. He wants nothing more than to bring healing to those who are hurting Someone else may sense a conflict between two persons and he will quickly try to act to remedy the situation before others even know there was a problem. You know, an attentive body, an attentive leadership team can either by appointment or by encouragement help to make these connections with that brother or that sister that's particularly sensitive, that's particularly tuned in on that certain area to meet them with the need of that person that's feeling that need at a special time. Diversity in the body is what makes it function well. Verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, 
I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? You know, if the feet would say one day, I think we'll be hands, how would that person get around? Or someone else ask it this way, if we were all feet, how would we smell? The church needs the various members to fulfill the functions of the church. It's not only the visible parts of the body that are important, but it's also the invisible parts as well. You know, I've never really seen my heart, but I understand that thing has been pumping about 100,000 times a day for a half a century and more. That's pretty remarkable. Now, what if the heart would say, you know what? This isn't fair. The rest of my body gets to take off eight hours a day, and I just have to keep going. Tomorrow, I'm going to take my sabbatical. Wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> that heart could stop beating. Minutes, I don't know what you have, 20 minutes, 10, 5, whatever. I would be gone. I would be gone. And I've never seen my heart. I'm quite sure it's working. Sometimes when I'm nervous, it's working very well. It's beating that 70 times a minute and a little more. And uh, it's not only the visible parts that are important. You know, people have problems in the church sometimes. They tend to want to have the visible parts. I don't know if they do here in, in Pennsylvania or not. But... Uh, People like to be seen. They like to be appreciated. Is that right, Floyd? Yeah? Okay. People like to be appreciated. They like to be seen. You know, we have a list that's in our church for people to clean the church house. It seems the turns come around fairly often. And it's not a list to try to keep people back, to keep them from crowding the doors to pile in and get that done. It's a list so the church house gets cleaned on a weekly basis. If everyone were in public ministry, who would listen? If everyone said, no, 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 not me, yeah, I don't want to, I, you know, who's going to preach the messages? Who's going to bring the word? In working together, much can be accomplished. When there is disunity, the church suffers. Hey, some of, I'm, is there, how many 12-year-olds are here? There? There, ooh, okay, I'm looking for guys, unless you girls are pretty strong. Uh, who was the 12-year-old? Come, come here. In the back there? Yeah, you committed yourself. Okay. <laughs> who else is 12? Is there an 11-year-old? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, guys, okay, there we go. Come up. One more. I want four of you. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> I want you to come over here on this side. I'm not a real doctor, but let me just do a real quick little examination here. Yeah. Ooh, you all got muscles. Okay. What I want you to do is one of you on each corner of this table here, okay? Come around on this side. 
And we were looking for a table for a long time, and I really don't want to tear up the table, okay? So I want you to reach clear in underneath here where you can feel that second part of the table. And I think you guys are strong enough, you're going to be able to lift that table right up. Lift it for me, okay? Oh, boy. I figured you could do that. You got, I, every one of them got biceps right in there. Okay, let's do it again. Are you lifting right way in underneath there? Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, one more time. Down and back up. Go again. Okay. Let's go ahead, put it down. Okay, let's do it again. One more time. Everybody. Every, every, oh. <laughs> okay. Now, that's fine. That's, that's good. Uh, was it about the same easy every time? No. What was the problem? What made it? Was it harder the last time? Why was it harder? There was more weight on it. Okay, there's one of me and there's four of you. So why should that be a problem? You guys did really good. You can go back. I don't really understand the principle for sure, but sometimes it seems to me that when one person is working against the work of the church, it's multiplied. It's a lot more than... <laughs> One person working against the church, it feels like it can have a lot more effect than it should for just a simple ratio of percentages of 20% uh, difference there. I don't know. That's just a, for whatever it's worth. You know, <clears throat> it doesn't take many people working against the rest of the church to upset the balance. Years ago, I read in the, uh, was, was the Gulf War in 1991? Popular Mechanics or somewhere, I saw an article and I thought it was interesting. The Allied Forces, or maybe it was the U.S., uh, and I don't really like to use this kind of imagery and an analogies. I think we've had too much politics in the church. But anyway, they had like a total of 148 casualties during that Gulf War. And of those 148 casualties, I think it was 35 that was caused by friendly fire. And I got to thinking about that. And you know, I wonder if sometimes in the church, if the devil can get those people inside the church to pick up his weapons, his carnal weapons, and they start slinging those stones at each other, I can imagine a other army general being particularly gleeful and uh, smug those guys are taking themselves out over there. And I can imagine in a similar way that the enemy of our souls is delighted when he sees the soldiers of the cross pick up his weapons, the weapons of pride, arrogance, jealousy, bickering, those same kinds of stones, or those same kinds of weapons that cast Lucifer out of heaven in the first place. Leadership teams, I was giving this as a leadership conference, you need a united front. You need to be together. Jealousy can tear down what God wants to build up. Saul was anointed king by the prophet Samuel. He started out with a person of tremendous promise. Later in life, as he became consumed with jealousy, his eyes were taken off of the enemies, and he was chasing after David the 
person after God's heart. His effective leadership was destroyed. The church needs leaders who are focused on Christ's kingdom and who are united against the enemy of their souls. A healthy body needs nourishment to grow. Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. One of the first signs of a sick animal, those of you who have farm animals, when that animal no longer has an appetite. The things of God. Are those people coming to the word? Are they hungry? Are they asking questions? Are they eating? Are they feeding regularly? And are you leaders feeding them in ways that are that are uh, good? To remain healthy requires a balanced diet. You pastors are the ones who feed the flock over which the Lord hath made you overseers. You know, there are food sur- uh, sources that are very nourishing. They're very nutrient-dense. There are food sources that are maybe kind of not here or there, fillers, whatever. There's food sources that are completely toxic. Uh, this October, I think, I was at a, at a place of farm ground that I rent, and I was picking up a, a hay bale, and I was moving it over to my place, and I was drove past the pastor on that same property. It's not a pastor that I rent, and I noticed, whoa, there's something here that's not good. There was a scene, a kind of an apocalyptic scene that was meeting my eyes there. Uh, there was beef cattle in there, I don't know, maybe 10 cows and calves, I don't know what it was. But there was four, five, or six of these in very unnatural positions with legs extending and uh, whatever, and I knew this isn't what they were hoping for. And uh, <clears throat> so I was able to get in touch with both the owners of the, of the livestock and the owner of the land and uh, touch base, what's, you know, something's wrong there. You better guys better get over there and see what's going on. They hurried over, the owners, and they removed the rest of the cattle. And I think one more uh, died yet. I don't know. I think there was like a total of five or six that they lost, maybe seven. And uh, there was a lawn care business that they'd bring their grass clippings, dump them out, and the cattle would come working through the grass clippings. And uh, one of the lawn care guys was doing some pruning, and he got into some yew bushes, I understand. And yew bushes can be extremely toxic. And apparently those cattle got up there, and well, here's something to eat, and it's green. And uh, end of game. There are some ways that we can, oops. There are some ways that we can be fed and we can be filled in kind of a, neutral sort of a way. Dense, maybe, and things that may time some of the of us, I think. Sickness. When a person is weak and skinny, he's very susceptible to sickness. When a person has AIDS, it's like the body has lost the ability to fight off disease. A healthy body will heal itself very quickly. I work some in construction. We work with metal siding and roofing some, and we do quite a bit of cutting with, uh, with tin snips, shears, that kind of thing. And uh, it's not that unusual for me to end up with three or four or five. If I'm in church, I can look down, you know, okay, here's about five, six little pecks on my hand. And uh, <clears throat> my finger can get a little sore, but there's nothing major. Uh, <clears throat> I'm 
going to have to hurry here. Just uh, let me see. Uh, usually, I'm, I'm there, and I can, I can address that problem, and that problem isn't that big a deal. <clears throat> a healthy body, in, the, in verse 26, and when, whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. A healthy body suffers when there's a hurting member. Uh, a healthy church will suffer with its hurting member. You know, the circumstances that may have caused the pain may be unfortunate. History can't be undone. But when someone is hurting, we can reach out, even if we would have changed the situation that caused the pain. Galatians 6 speaks of the restoration of a brother. Uh, there's a scripture that talks about the moat and the beam. We were doing a roofing project. This was actually at our lead pastor's place. I'm not sure if I was leading the project then or not, but we had a, we were tearing off an old roof and putting another one on. And during the course of that project, I got a, a chunk of, of wood or something dirty in my eye. And our eyes are very sensitive parts of our body. And, oh, this was really hurting. <clears throat> and it was, it was causing me enough discomfort. I, I need to have some relief here. And so I went to... Uh, to Pastor David, I trusted him in this case. And here, can you help me? I got this thing in my eye, and I wish you could help me get it out. It's, it's a problem. And David, very carefully, his perspective was much better than mine for seeing about getting that thing out of my eye. He got it out of my eye, and I, was, I had a tremendous amount of relief. Why is it that it's so much harder to do that spiritually <laughs> than it is physically? I will keep going. You know, if I'm working on in construction and I'm swinging my hammer and by and by I, I hit my thumb, that's not a real pleasant situation. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time blaming my thumb. Uh, that thumb should have known better. I was swinging that hammer off and on all day and it just hopped there in front of it. And now look what happened. <laughs> I don't do that. What do you do when you hit your thumb? Ooh, that hurts, and maybe you put it in. I try to, you know, I don't know what you do when you put it in your mouth, but it feels better, I think. Uh, in the church, when there's a brother that's hurting, do we extend our hands, or do we grieve, or do we gossip? Do we extend our hands to help, or do we extend our hands to pick up rocks, to throw? God has created our body with a tremendous ability to heal itself. Those three or four cuts that I may have on my hand one Sunday, by the next Sunday could be completely, completely healed. Now there may be three or four new ones, but those are taken care of. A healthy body just heals itself quickly. I have a friend that was involved in a terrible accident. This has been many years ago. He hovered, he was in a coma for many, many days. He hovered between life and death, and had there not been experienced medical personnel on the scene of the accident, he would have probably died there. Eventually, he recovered to some extent, or to a lot of extent. But he still walks with a limp. It disfigured his face. Usually, those types of catastrophic trauma and injuries require a team of people working together. You know, that person can be restored to some function, but there can be a scar or a limp that remains. I think that helps all of us to see what kind of stuff we're made of. I said I would try to uh, to.
to give some of the uh, conclusion here. But uh, Christ is ahead of the body. The body needs coordination to grow. Uh, the church is made up of many members. Diversity is what makes for harmony and function in the body. A healthy body needs nourishment to grow. A healthy body is resistant to sickness. A healthy body will heal itself quickly. We should suffer with those who suffer. Now, I'm, I may be, uh, and we should honor those who are honored. Giving in conclusion stuff, I didn't I didn't give him in the body, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm at the end of my time. Thank you very much for your attention, and uh, come again tomorrow night. Come praying, and I trust we will be able to have a good time then. Joseph.